bunch of crap. A blue hymnal. We're playing it a little bit by ear this morning. Just so you can help me, I know about uh, the groups, but any individuals that are playing, I've got everybody, I think. And we're going to have some more this afternoon, so if I miss you this morning, we'll have some more this afternoon. I get you, okay? All right? All right. We're going to sing number 423, 423. Y'all glad to be here this morning? I'm glad you're here. Let's all stand if you can. 
Amen. Please do be seated. Well, we are glad that you are here. Glad to have our visitors here. By the way, for some folks, it's a graduation week here. So Brother Jason Young is here today, and uh, he's going to tell us everything he learned in college. Amen. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so he uh, graduated, and so congratulations. Praise the Lord for that. Abigail finished her associates, uh, so she is now an associate. <laughs> Amen. So we do uh, congratulations. Anybody else graduate? I don't want to forget anybody. Amen. I graduated in December, too. December is a good time to graduate. Amen. So it was. I'll tell you, it's a long story. Anyhow. We're glad that you're here. We're playing a little bit by ear. I tell you what, uh, uh, sickness has just devastated this year. It's been pretty tough. So please do be in prayer for all the folks who aren't here. We're so glad that you're here and uh, look forward to a wonderful time of fellowship. We've got food downstairs. If you didn't bring anything, please know we got plenty. And if we don't have plenty, we probably need to do without anyway. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there's way too many calories down there for us all to eat. Amen. So we're glad to, that y'all are here. One prayer request before we start. Our missionary to the Philippines, he's a retired missionary now, but he is going in on December the 22nd for heart surgery to have stents put in, Brother Wayne Wally. And so he's probably one of our best missionaries, so please do lift him up in prayer. Pray for him to, uh, to recover fast, and I'm kind of hoping to get him here. I've got him scheduled on the 24th. I'm just joking. Really do need to pray for him though, because I'd love to. I'd love to have him back. I'd love to have him here, and so please do be in prayer. We're going to receive our morning tithes and offerings if our men will come for that. Amen. The Lord gave. That's why we're here today. Amen. We have the opportunity to worship our Lord by giving back. Brother Richard, if you would ask the Lord's blessing. Our gracious heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. I want to ask you to bless this offering, which continues to use and yes. bless all of it. Amen.
Amen. All right. Are you ready? Yes. No. The answer is yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Reese is going to come play for us now. That was pretty good. <laughs> Amen. You have one thing you can do better than me. <laughs> no, that's good. You did an excellent job, Priest. That's awesome. We're going to have our ladies come now. Our ladies are going to come and sing for us.
cadence. We'll just have you stay there unless you need music. Okay, good, good. Amen. That was a blessing. Amen. All right. Well, now Miss Cadence is going to play for us the first Noel. Cadence, but uh, that song has four verses, so. <laughs> what a blessing, amen? I enjoyed that. Well, I guess we got to let the teens sing now. I just see this looks of anxiety and anticipation at the same time.
Praise the Lord, that's a blessing. We were going to sing one more song, but for sake of time, we won't do that. So, I got to tell you, that was a blessing. I enjoyed that. Get your Bibles, if you would. In Luke chapter 2, is a traditional uh, Christmas uh, text, and... Uh, We've been kind of preaching through different groups that uh, God reached out to that you wouldn't expect, and really, in some ways, the least expected group of all would be a group of shepherds outside the city of Bethlehem. And what a privilege that they had on that wonderful morning when Christ was born, and uh, they got to, if you will... They got to see the Christ child. They were the first ones. Amen. And uh, a lot today, uh, people will take and they will commemorate that through what is called a nativity. Okay? It's really called a nativity scene. Because the word nativity literally means, if you will, the day of your birth. That's what nativity means. It means the day of your birth. And so when um, you have a nativity scene, we're doing the day of Jesus' birth. Okay? And a lot of people like to speculate, you know, what it looked like, and different uh, people will, there's kind of a traditional look that we're kind of used to, and then some people say he was born in a cave and different things like that. I, I kind of think, personally, my personal opinion, we'll see it here in a second, he, he was born in a house, but a house that had animals in it, okay, with a manger, which is a feeding trough. Uh, by the way, how many of you all like central heating and air? Well, back in the day, they had open windows and oxen. Amen. Okay, and so that's kind of part of the reason I believe that. But you know, the nativity has been in the news here lately. And one of my favorite nativity scenes is, that I don't know if they still do it, but they used to, there used to be a Southern Baptist church on, uh, I think it was on Glenstone Street, if I remember right. And uh, they always had, if you will, a picture of Jesus, the nativity scene, with a great big blow-up Santa Claus that was on his knees bowing in front of that. I always actually kind of appreciated that because it kind of gave meaning to, hey, let's not forget, it's not about Santa Claus, it's about the Christ child, amen? And unfortunately this week, if you've been following the news, the nativities uh, have been in the news a lot. I will say this, that about the time I was in high school, and I can't say before that because I was, you know, not paying attention, but that's when the ACLU and a lot of people started to take and to be opposed to nativity scenes on federal property, government property, state property. And it's a fight that has continued on, and, and uh, so much so that uh, here recently, I don't know if you saw it, I think, uh, I can't remember what state it was in, they had a nativity scene, and they had to put Jesus in a, excuse me, Santa Claus in a sleigh in the nativity scene to take and to uh, secularize it up. By the way, it's just so much nonsense, isn't it? And uh, so much so that the, the big controversy last week was if you get to put in a nativity scene, we get to put in an altar to Satan. And Republicans voted to keep it. Folks, we're living in a world today that has lost all concept of what Christmas is all about. And it's about the birth of our Savior. Amen? Amen. The Bible talks about being, him being the great God and our great God and our Savior. 
And so I, I want to talk about the nativity this morning because, I mean, it's in the news. It's all around us. Maybe some of you have them in your yard. I think, I think it's a good thing to take and to remind people, you know, what there used to be that old saying, Jesus is the reason for the season and stuff like that. It's good to remind people Christmas isn't all about, you know, making the budget on one weekend and, and different things like that. And so, if you will, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary as espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. By the way, just I always have to mention, folks, swaddling clothes are the same kind of clothes you would put on a mummy. We didn't sing it this year, but I'm always moved by Born to Die, the Christmas hymn, Born to Die. Folks, Jesus Christ came to pay a price that we could not pay, amen. In a sense, I'm not trying to be clever, but in a sense, he was the wrapped gift. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so if you will, that's what it says there. The Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, excuse me, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Excuse me. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and, babe, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the privilege to sing your praises and the wonderful opportunity to worship today in song. But Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the living word, our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he was born. We thank you that he lived a perfect life. We thank you that he laid down that life for our souls that we might have everlasting life. Father, we just pray that you would meet with us now, speak to every heart, And Father, if there's one here who's never accepted the gift of everlasting life that only you can bestow, Father, I pray that today would be the day. Father, we just thank you now. Be with those who are apart from us. We do pray for our missionaries, especially Brother Wally. And Father, we just pray again now that all this would be done for your glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to talk about the nativity. I want to talk about the birth of Christ. And I want you to notice, if you will, first verses 1 and 2, it happened at the right time. 
You know, the Bible says there in verses 1 and 2, it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. Uh, And so the Bible tells us here, in a sense, that they were on God's time. I want you to think about this. The world's going on. They're making their decrees. They're making their laws. They're going about their business. By the way, I believe Mary was having a normal, uh, a normal pregnancy, if you will, and, and uh, they'd only be given so much direction, but God knew the time and he knew the place where the Jesus had to be born. And, and, and so, if you will, the Bible tells us in the fullness of time, Galatians chapter 4, in the fullness of time. Can I tell you, if you will, God created time and then he put a date somewhere in time and in the fullness of time, Christ came. Amen. The Bible makes it abundantly clear. In the fullness of time, when God was ready, when God had made it perfect, when God had designed, if you will, amen, in the fullness of time, Christ was born. By the way, I want you to think about the implications to that, because a lot of this, there's a lot of practical applications for us. Folks, think about this. God is never in a hurry, but he's always on time. How many of y'all need to work on that one? I think about that all the time. You just rush, 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 rush. And maybe it's old age and I just can't anymore. Or, or I'm hoping it's a little bit of maturity. I'm hoping I'm growing up in my old age. But I will tell you this. I'm trying to learn not to be in a hurry all the time. I'm, I'm just trying to learn that you go and you do and you accomplish as God uh, provides and accommodates and opens the doors. And there's a wonderful... Uh, idea of just not being a hurry, but always being on time. Uh, I don't know if you know this. How, how, how early are you supposed to show up for something, Reese? Well, if you're early and on time, then on time you're late. If you're late, you're history. <laughs> <laughs> I knew <laughs> that's good teaching right there, brother. <laughs> but if you're early, you're on time. You know what? You never have to tell your boss that you got caught at a traffic light if you just got out of the house on time or a little bit early, a little bit early. And so my whole point is this is, uh, I, I will tell you this, I've, I've lived most of my life just pushing the edge, pushing the edge, pushing the edge, and all you got to do is just back off just a little bit, and you can take and you can live life never in a hurry, never in a hurry, but always on time. I will tell you there's a good principle to that. I want you to think about this. They were there at the right time, not only because they were on God's time, but also because an emperor needed to fund his empire. Notice the Bible says that they, they went because there was a taxing, okay? Now, that, this was before the time, like we have, every year we have a tax date, April the 15th. Write it down, okay? How many of y'all need to write it down? No, you know it, okay? Because tax day, April the 15th. By the way, does it weird you out whenever they make it April the 18th? You're like, what in the world? I don't know what to do. (laughs) Hopefully you got your taxes paid by then. But if you will, they didn't have a tax day back then. What they would do is they would declare a taxation. And that's what uh, Caesar Augustus had done here. And he had declared a taxation. And it actually took years to collect this tax. Because, uh, I don't know if you know this, how many of y'all love paying taxes? All right, don't raise your hands all at once. Nobody likes paying their taxes, and sometimes you got to take and hire extra IRS agents and give them guns. Too close to home? <laughs> you all with me? They would have to do that. They would have to go from region to region and say, pay your taxes, okay? 
And a lot of times the governors weren't so, uh, if you will, inviting or accommodating. And so their taxing, this taxation that he was collecting, actually took years to collect, okay? And they would tax, like I said, different regions at different times because sometimes they had to encourage the stubborn ones uh, to pay, some of the stubborn governors, okay? And, and so, if you will, this was done over the years. But think about this. You can say, well, it's, it's, it's giving you years worth of, no, 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 look at verse 2. Verse 2 makes it abundantly clear. It says, and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And I had to study that a little bit, but my understanding is when it says first, it means it happened before. So before he became governor of Syria, that's when this taxing, and so it puts an end, it puts a terminus on one side of the date when it said it took place, in a sense, before he became governor. And so that's my understanding. Uh, and so my, my whole point is this, is God does all this to narrow down the details. By the way, how many of y'all believe there's no mistakes in your Bible? How many of y'all think if you give enough study, you can actually figure out when things happen? Now, you might not be able to figure out December the 25th, Okay. But you could certainly get the year and the season and, and stuff like that from the different clues that are given to us in this world. Now, like I said, first might mean before he came to office. And the Bible is full of marks that help us to pinpoint the truth in the Word of God. Okay, And, 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 and so this is good. This, this is seen in the timing of the wise men. Okay, Now think about this. The wise men, they, they were given an astronomical sign. Now, how many of y'all recently saw an eclipse? Four of us. Wow, we are just not up to date here. Liberty Baptist Church. I'm not saying it happened in the last couple weeks. In the last couple months, did anybody see an eclipse? Okay, wow. Let me help you here. Anybody know an eclipse is coming? Two of us. <laughs> When's the eclipse coming? I thought it was April, but maybe <laughs> it's April. <laughs> April or March. Anyhow, the whole point is this. Uh, there is an eclipse coming. My whole point is this, is guys, uh, our solar system is such that you can wind it one way and figure out what's going to happen, and you can wind it back and figure out what did happen. Now, I'm not sure what this star was, but somebody knows, and somebody was looking for it, and when it happened, they were looking in the right place at the right time, and they said, now's the time to start go looking for that king that is born. Amen. They were given an astronomical time. Now, I will tell you, astronomical time is not real accurate. How accurate is your watch? Somebody stole my watch. How accurate is your watch? Okay. The whole point, it's not real accurate. But then the Bible says, notice what it says. It gives us another marker. Go to Matthew chapter 2, please. Matthew chapter 2. When did the wise men see the Christ child? When did the wise men see the Christ child? What did I give it to you? Matthew chapter 2, look at verse 11. The Bible says, and when they were come into the house. Where was this house? It had to be in Bethlehem. Okay, I'll tell you why here in a second. Because you remember that they said, where is he going to be born? They said, Bethlehem of Judea. Folks, they didn't go to Nazareth. They went to Bethlehem. Okay, and they went to a what? A house, okay? Now think about this. They could have gone there the night he was born. Were they the night, there the night he was born? Probably not, okay? But uh, I'm not going to get any. I'm just saying he went to a house, okay? And then the Bible says in verse 9 of Matthew chapter 2, what did they see? The Bible said 2 and verse 9. 
not a star. I'm sorry, the very end of verse 9. They saw where the young where the young child was, okay? And that can mean anything from an infant to a toddler, okay? I'm going to go with infant here. You all with me? And so if you will, they were given a timing. They said uh, they were on astro- uh, astronomical time with the star. They went to a house. That puts a limit on when they could have seen him. We'll talk about that here in a second. They saw a young child. How old was the child? Well, he was probably older than a day, and he was probably real close to 40 days. Okay, why was that? Because they had certain ceremonial rituals that they had to take place when a child was born, and a woman became clean, if you will, and could go make temple sacrifices after 40 days, okay? And so anywhere between 1 and 40 days. And so why am I making this point? My, my whole point is this. Remember what the Bible says, in the fullness of time? And, and he puts that, and he says, it's going to be here, 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 going to be, you got it? Folks, if God knew that about his son, how many of y'all think he knows that about our life? I always use this expression, he knows when we are, where we are, and who we are. Okay, when, where, and who, or you can put them in any order you want to on that one. Well, he knew all about this. And folks, think about this. We know this, that he had to, they had to see him very soon. Why? Because as soon as they got there, Herod took and sent the order to take and to kill all the, all the young men, two years old and under. And so they had to flee to Egypt. The Bible teaches us that in Luke chapter 2 and verse 13. Okay, go there real quick. We're still in Luke 2. Luke 2 and verse 13. And the Bible says, uh, well, it must be Matthew 2 and verse 13, sorry. Matthew 2 and verse 13. But the Bible says that they had to take and they had to flee to Egypt. Now get a hold of this, folks. Is God an on-time God? And the whole point about that is this, is we need to realize in our lives, God's never in a hurry. God's never late. He knows exactly when he needs to show up. And I'm just telling you that the Bible is, gives you all kinds of things where you can lay over, where that you could look for the very time and place for things to be done. Now, I'm not saying name names and date dates. But I ought to tell you this, you ought to have your eyes open when you start seeing some things. Do we live in a world when we should have our eyes open? Absolutely. Think about this. The nativity. It was the right time, and it was the right place. Where was Jesus born? Nazareth, Jerusalem. Where was he born? Bethlehem, the city of bread, the city of David. Amen. Where did they start their journey? Well, folks, they started their journey, if I, if I'm, if I do my geography right, 70 miles away in a town called Nazareth. And they weren't even in what was called Judea. They were in a region called Galilee. It was a place that where the nations or the Gentiles lived. They had kind of intermixed where the Samaritans were for one group. Amen? Amen? And, and, and so, if you will, you think, well, the Messiah, the Christ child, he, he's got to be born and live in Jerusalem or Bethlehem. No, no, he's living in a place called Nazareth. Nazareth? So much so that can any good thing come from Nazareth? Amen? Isn't that what they said? Can any good thing? Yeah, I'll tell you what, our Savior can come from there. But folks, he couldn't be born there. And he couldn't even be born in Jerusalem. He had to be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. Why? Because the Bible said, where is he going to be born? They said, in Bethlehem, the city of David. Micah 5.2. 
It was a fulfillment of Scripture. And it's interesting to me, if you will, God had not told them where to deliver the child. Now, I want you to think about that. How many of y'all ever think about that when you've had babies? Where are we going to deliver this child? And you have all your plans. You got your emergency kit. You know what I'm talking about? But I'm, I'm telling you this. All you got to do is uh, leave the house far enough away. You might be having that child anywhere. Y'all understand? But these people, they probably did the same thing. We're going to have our baby and everything like that. And they said, no, no, no. You got to go to Bethlehem and be taxed. How many of y'all think maybe Joseph said, why now? And God's going, well, <laughs> because. God ever told you that? Why now? Because. It's the right time. And i got to get you to the right place. You know, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 4, uh, go there, if you will. We're going to bounce back between Matthew 2 and Luke 2. Matthew 2 and verse 4, the Bible says this. It says, And when they had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together. By the way, who is that? Folks, those are the Bible scholars. Those are the Bible teachers. Amen? Remember what we talked about, how you can take and figure things out? And these people spent their lives studying these things. They said, where is he going to be born? And, and in verse 5, the Bible says, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written of the, by the prophet. We know this because the Bible says it and they, with all confidence. You guys have heard me say this before. How come they knew where he was going to be born when they could have also known exactly when? All you got to do is go back to the time of Daniel, and he says, from this marker, count this many days, and then the Messiah is going to be coming. Now, you might not have known his birth date, but you would have known the date his, gonna, his life was going to be cut short. His life was going to be cut off, the Bible says, amen. And they, listen, I will tell you this. How old, how old do we get to think about our age? The Bible says 70 years, or if reason by strength, four score, 80 years. Y'all with me? Anybody remember, let's see, the nation of Israel was uh, created in 1948. And the Bible says, this generation would see the return of Christ. A generation is 70 years. 70 plus 1948. Come on. 2018. We're just working the math too hard today, aren't we? How many of y'all remember the excitement, 2018, this is the year, 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 and then it was 2019. And it's 2023, just so you know. Y'all with me? Folks, get a hold of this. At least we were looking. Well, we were wrong. Yeah, we were. You know why? Because God's not in a hurry, but he's always on time. And it just means we misunderstood one of the markers, but we knew a marker was coming. Could be today. You remember? And by the way, is that a way we should live? Folks, get a hold of this. They could have known, hey, we're within the lifespan of when the Messiah should be born. We're, we're, we're within that window. We should be looking. And, 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 and as soon as they heard, hey, where, where, where is he is that will be born king of the Jews? You mean our Messiah, the son of David? Is that the one you're talking about? And we know their response was not good. Why? Well, please take this the right way. They weren't looking. Folks, I want you to think about this. 
a lot of you have gone to see Esther. And Esther 4.14 asks this question. It's possible that you were born for a time such as this. Well, folks, think about it. The right time and the right place. And folks, this is your time and this is your place. You know what that means? Maybe we should learn the lesson that we're the right person at the right time in the right place. Hmm. You know, the Bible says that there was no room for them in the end. Oh, let me, let me say this. Uh, will you back up mentally with me for a second? Y'all go with my premise. We're the right people at the right place at the right... Can I tell you that that ought to give you a sense of purpose and a sense of meaning to your life? We live in a world today as so many people have empty, meaningless, hopeless lives. And honestly, I'm telling you, I'm hoping you're getting the, the understanding from the birth of our Savior that you are the person, this is the time, and wherever takes you, wherever God takes you. Have, have you ever heard this? We used to say this when I was in the military. Wherever you go in life, there you are. <laughs> okay, we used to say it a lot. Wherever you go in life, there you are. And we used to say it just kind of flippantly, but can I tell you, spiritually, wherever you go in life, God got you there. On time, at the right place, just like he did for his son. Amen? The right time and the right place. You know, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7 that there was no room for them in the end, but God did provide for them a room. Amen? We, nobody can put us up. What are we going to do? My wife's going to have a baby. Oh, no, we'll go hide in a cave. I don't believe that for a minute. I don't believe it. I believe that he had family. And just because of the law of hospitality, and by the way, the Jews took the law of hospitality seriously. It was life or death for them. You, you remember when the angels came to Lot and they said, we'll sleep in the street. And he said, no, you ain't sleeping in the street. You're sleeping in my house. Well, folks, I could give you other examples. The only bad thing is most of the examples are bad. <laughs> okay? But the whole point is this, is, is God said this. He says, you're strangers and pilgrims. He says, you make sure you take people in. Because why? You were strangers and pilgrims. Amen. We might want to remember that principle too. And the whole point is this, is when they got there, somebody took them in. Now, they didn't have the best of facility. They didn't have checkout service and towels at noon. But you know what they did? They had a clean place for having a baby. And they, and, they, and they wrapped the baby appropriately and laid it in what they had, a feeding trough, a manger. That's what a manger is, is a feeding trough. Amen? But that seems like a crib to me. Amen? And so if you will, the family no doubt took them in. The manger was probably warm because there, there might have been animals in the house, you know. The, the people would sleep with the animals in the wintertime. Amen. And it might not have always been a fancy hotel, but God always, listen now, God always provides for our needs. Is that a promise from God? So with that same sense of purpose and destiny, maybe you should have an expectation of God, how are you going to show yourself mighty on our behalf? 
because I need you. And, you know, a lot of times when you talk about needs, you just think about financial needs. How many of you all need God for far more than just finances? That whole song, I need thee every hour. I can't, I can't tell you how many times you just need him to get through your day. Amen? You just need him. And it was the right time. It was the right place. And by the way, they went to the right audience. Who did they go to? Why don't you think about this? When they wanted to announce Jesus' birth, you would think they would go and they would tell the king. The only problem is the king was an Edomite. He wasn't a Jew. He wasn't a son of David. He was holding the throne wrongly. He was not going to be excited about the news. He wasn't going to tell anybody. Matter of fact, he was going to find out where they were and just kill everybody just in case. And by the way, isn't that what he did? Well, who can we tell? Well, who's looking? Well, apparently nobody, because not even the chief priests and the scribes who should have been looking. They weren't told. Why? Because they didn't want to be told either. You, you're familiar that later when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, they said, we, we got to kill him. Why? Because they'll come and take our nation and our place. Say they liked the power and they liked the prestige and they liked their titles. Amen. And they didn't really need some baby come messing that up. So who did they go tell? I'm not trying to be overly graphic, folks. But there was somebody sleeping outside that night. While shepherds watched their flocks by night, all seated on the ground. Amen? The angel of the Lord came down. Amen? And said, good tidings of great joy. <laughs> and they... Folks, the least likely smelly listen, if they didn't have hygiene issues anyway, they're keeping sheep. No offense. <laughs> Y'all with me? And they came, and by the way, aren't you, aren't you glad they were welcome in that home? Because the angel said, you need to go see this baby that's been born. And these humble shepherds, who in a sense weren't looking, were in the right place at the right time. And you know what they did with the information? They went and they told everybody they could. That's what the last verse of our chapter says. They took and they heard those good tidings of great joy that were unto all men. And they realized when God said all he meant even stinky, smelly shepherds. Folks, please take this the right way. God could have gotten anybody he wanted to to see that babe in the manger. And he chose the least likely people he could imagine. Amen? We've talked about this recently. But have you ever taken and said, why me? Why me? Well, I, I tell you why. Because our God was in the right place at the right time talking to the right audience. And I got to ask the question, is God talking to you today? Because I'll tell you this, the priests and the scribes couldn't save them. The king couldn't save them. That Christ child could Amen. And in a sense, those shepherds could have said, who, us? And the Lord said, yeah, you. See, I'm not willing that any should perish. And by the way, I know 
one thing. If I tell the king, he's not telling another soul. And I tell the chief priests and the scribes, they're not telling anybody else. But you're going to tell everybody you know. And that's what I need to be done. Folks, we don't have much, but I tell you what, we got a great Savior. We got a great gospel. And we're going to give gifts in, 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 his, in his celebration of his birth. But I, I will tell you this, he is the gift. And would to God that you wouldn't leave here without receiving him. Let's all stand if you would. Let's all stand. Listen, if God's touched your heart in any way, the altars are open. If you want to have, talk to somebody about how to get saved, know you're going to heaven when you die, now's the time. Let me encourage you to come. But let's sing number 125. 125.